Thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Wharton and myself, Matt Wills. Today, today's a biggie, man. It's a strange one. You may look at the duration on this episode and think, what the fuck have these two done? (laughs) (laughs) Has Matt been allowed back into the editing suite? (laughs) Because all his ramblings, Rick's just left them all in. It's it's Matt hasn't been allowed of of the editing suite. This has took a while. So here's here's what's going on today. So basically, um, we'll we'll get into everything that may and Matt have going on at the minute. But a few weeks back, as we've alluded to, uh, the directors of the pickup game and and one of the uh, contributors, Mini, offered to do an interview with us, and it was fascinating. Yeah. So we decided to leave all that in. Yeah. And this this little brief interlude is us basically catching up and uh, giving a brief synopsis of it. But I do recommend you check this documentary. And and just to warn everyone, um, I am currently recording this at my dad's place in Spain. He's not rich, but he's a villain. So uh, that's why he lives in Spain. And yeah. He's took all that sweet <laughs> Patreon money and he's fucking... I've absconded. He's Roddy Bigster. <laughs> If you can see this, I'm in my attic wearing a woolly hat. Mike is Matt is shirtless. I am naked, pretty much. I'm, I'm on a balcony right now. I'm not even wearing underwear, right? So I just want to let you know I'm almost naked. And poor Rick has got to stare at when the when the screen popped up. Rick's looking at my naked body. It's like the poor man. Has he not suffered enough by being in Chesterley Street? Matt is one of those people that is too comfortable being shirtless. Like he's making a point that he's shirtless. It's not. <laughs> I've, I've taken my piercings out for you. That that does help. You've taken the piercings out. <laughs> Jesus Just for you, Rick. Right. That's, I know I know that you're a nutcase, and that's because it probably makes a tinny sound off your nipples for the it podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I am currently, I am sweating like uh, Brendan Dassey sitting on the on the table here. I'm, I'm absolutely melting. This country is not designed for uh, little redheads like me. I went to the supermarket yesterday, and I'm trying to eat healthy. Their ham on section, right? So where they've got those huge cooked hams, and they just cut the right, yeah. slivers off the leg. That is bigger than the vegetable section in the supermarket. Oh man, yeah. I went to the Barcelona markets, and you just got like cow legs hitting in your head <laughs> like a hooker duck prize. You're just like, I'm, I'm. Who's buying this? This does not look safe. <laughs> you got a little Rocky training in the corner. There's so much meat hanging around. <laughs> it's like they had a barbecue a week ago, and they're not leaving until people take shit. <laughs> it's, it's a great country. Uh, if only we were still part of Europe, and it would have wouldn't have taken me two hours to get into the country. Oh, God, yeah, but that was a nightmare. It is, because they have to... Yeah, it's all scanny machines now as well, which absolutely pisses my sister off. This should be human beings. I'm like, no, but human beings unionise, and human beings get sick and need time <laughs> off. That's why the machines are taking over. Matt, well, still on the side of the companies. No, it's inefficient. No, no, forget the people need to feed their families. Yeah, <laughs> British the... Airways have a bottom line to their shareholders. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not, on the, hang on, I'm not on the side of business. I'm just saying, 
That's why. That that's why it is. I'm all for <laughs> that it. humans shouldn't have rights, otherwise they'll yeah. lose what little they have. <laughs> but the, the beautiful thing about Spain, the supermarket here doesn't open till it's past nine in the morning, and it shuts at half five, and it is and it, it they won't open on Sundays, and it's so you can have family time. They're not yeah they're not all about the work, which I love. When I first started work, it was fucking, you got paid extra on a Sunday and double for bank holidays. Yes. And then at some point, everyone went, why the fuck are we doing that? Fuck yous. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you going to work somewhere else? You worked in Quicksilver for six years, Janice. It's not fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> Unionize. Go on, I dare you. Man, I missed that job. I, I, I stole my lunch and dinner every single day from that one. They had a promotions aisle right next to the uh, the back shop like back by the black flappy curtains. Yeah. And whatever they put on promotion was my brush. <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> we, we literally marked down uh, Beer de France bottles and had little stubbies to 15 pence. <laughs> and I had... And I, don't, I don't think I would have been 18 at this time. I would have been like 16, 17. And I had like at least 11 16-year-olds come down and buy two crates each. Nice. And the till girl's like, fuck, at least they're a bargain against either flying off the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the seven dwarves just passing beers. <laughs> Who gave Rick the pricing gun? Just give up your gun and your badge, Rick. <laughs> Sat in the calf once, and this guy comes in, and um, all I hear from the kiosk is, he's nicked them cans. So we ran after him, me and this guy, and. Ran after him, we chased him up by the uh, the train station. There's like a bridge on the train station, <laughs> and we kind of cornered him. He went, "Listen, I paid for the Snickers. I'll give you a can each to leave us alone." So we sat there and had a can with him. <laughs> said, he, said he got away. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You, you don't get to have jobs like that anymore. I have seen, no. like, I, I got to be honest, when you used to have a rubbish job, it used to be fun. Now it is fucking a slog. Yeah. They've worked out they only need one human barely functioning in these places. And if you fuck up, someone else is going to take your place. Yeah. And is, they're going to work you to death. Yeah, it is upsetting what's happened to uh, British working. But just before we get into it, um, one of the reasons why we've been able to put this interview together is one reason is um, why Matthew's our with family in Spain, but also uh, my dog Ari has, uh, has been through it this week, uh, well, the last few weeks. Uh, we found, um, I'm sure, I've, obviously I've mentioned the reactive dog before, but a few weeks ago we found some lumps that said it was okay. If it gets bigger, take them back. We we, we took them back and he had to have uh, seven lumps that looked uh, very sinister, one massive one out of his chest. And uh, we've been waiting on results for that for since last Thursday. And um, like for ten years, we've had this dog, and our whole life is built around it. I've been slept, I've slept on the floor downstairs with him since getting these removed in his bed because he refuses to go elsewhere, and he'll rip his stitches if he goes upstairs. But uh, we got a call yesterday saying he got the all clear. Ray! <laughs> oh yeah. mate! Fucking! Oh can't mate! Can't even tell I'm, you how freaked out I was. I'm chuffed. I was proper worried. When I spoke to you the other day, I didn't ask about you or your missus. How's the dog? Tell me about the dog. Yeah. What's going on? What did the vet say? Is the vet going to email me a report? What's going on here? I adore that dog. 
here's where, like, since he's reactive, the vet is usually a nightmare. Like, in London, you get into a cupboard that should be an off-license, and then we'd hopefully get the last appointment of the day to get him in and stuff, but there's a lady in this Chester Street vet, says Vet Amy, who we're, we're not allowed to move out of Chester Street as long as we've got Ari now, because she's that good. Well, from Kev met him, give him treats. Ali loves her to death, so he gans in a side door to let him in, like Steve Bashimi and Conair. <laughs> and she... And she lets him do it. And she did the operation. And and she's been ringing up every day to check on him because she loves him to death now. And I think they, like, we were supposed to get it in 10 days, but she just rang up on a lunch break saying, I just want to tell you immediately. She only had come down. Oh, um, mate, that's great benign. news. So, yeah, five more years of Ari. This dog has to be immortal because I tell you what, I was ready to fucking blow a gasket this week. <laughs> <laughs> so... So with, with, with that said, this week uh, we are looking at the pickup game as a brief synopsis uh, away from the positives of life right now. So this is the industry that um, teaches men, uh, we're predominantly men, I'm assuming. didn't see too many females uh, giving positive statements no. about it other than, other than one of the coaches that we had interviewed that did something very different. So let me do the right. I'll do the run in. So the name is the pickup game. Uh, it's from the year 2021. The provider was Vimeo, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the directors, I, they were brothers, right? I know we met them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So it was Matthew O'Connor and Barnaby O'Connor. And, th- and one of them is in Italy right now. So this is the most international our this podcast is, has ever yeah, been yeah. this week. Um, and. Matthew Barnaby and a chap called James Littlewood were the writers. Uh, There's no details on the money, although they do touch on the money in the interview, and it's really interesting. There's no accolades that I can find as of yet. And here's the blurb. Four years in the making and the result of an in-depth undercover investigation, the pickup game is an inside look at the emergence of the pickup industry a world where self-styled seduction coaches travel the globe, charging a small fortune to teach men skills they claim will guarantee success with women. Just quickly, Matt, right? Because we're not, there's, there's bits that I wasn't able to talk about in the interview because they took their art seriously. But there was a moment <laughs> of uh, one of the instructors, and I, it's... It's it's almost worth seeing this. So there's one instructor who's an absolute cock who's called uh, Marcus Nero, a.k.a. Justin Wayne, which I'm going to guess neither are real names. I wouldn't have my real name if I acted like him. He's one of the biggest cocks we've ever seen on a on a documentary. Blimey, that's, that's a hundred documentaries we've watched. We're over, and it's oh, like, he is and just he's your biggest so cock. So dislikable. No, no, no. I well, said one of. Yeah, all yeah. right, like abducted in plain sight and other people. I mean, at least at least Bob Durst looks like you'd have a coffee with him in a joint. But uh, <laughs> this guy was a fucking nightmare. But there was one of the instructors, and you see like footage of them like talking to these guys, and he's teaching them how to lean against a wall to, to get a woman <laughs> to come over to him, and it is. It's one of those moments when you realise that you're paying 25k a year to be a part of these things. And there's a guy, he's literally like at a right angle going, hey, just come here, check this on my phone. And then they're over, then you've got them. Okay. It's fucking deplorable behaviour. You see, uh, I, th- I believe it's Ross Jeffries is like the founder of it all. And you yeah. see him on the talk shows in the past. That's some interesting footage. And it's all interspliced with one guy on the street who's kind of like, if you've ever been through uh, Piccadilly, Leicester Piccadilly, 
and they're trying to get you into shows or go to, or someone in Zanti trying to get you to go into a shot bar. Yeah, yeah. He's like that, but what he's selling is his phone number, and it's <laughs> it's demoralizing. And it, basically, it all comes to basically the documentary. So first of all, how we watched it, they very kindly contacted us, which from an ego point of view blew the pair of us away. Um, and it was off the back of... For a marketing point of view for them, it probably blows them away yeah, as well. The, the, <laughs> the fact they found us, right? Yeah. Um, I guess all those women who send us topless pics saying they can help us with our search engine optimization weren't lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a lot of those currently. Um, so they said, yeah, look, here's a link to Vimeo. And I've never used Vimeo before because I'm the geek of the gang. I checked it out just to make sure it could work. I didn't know I'd set a clock going, so we only had 24 hours left to watch it. So by the time Rick got to watch it, he had to pay to watch it. So, which made me feel better because I was like, I feel like we're taking a bribe here. The thing is, it wasn't a bad documentary it's in the really slightest. Good. I really, it was horrible in, in a good way. It, like a good documentary should be, right? It makes you think, it makes you question stuff, it makes you uncomfortable. You're not. You're not sitting there going, oh, this is, this is, they're grooming dogs. Isn't this brilliant? It wasn't any of that nonsense. It was horrible, manipulative people preying on the weak, basically. Yeah, they were grooming incels, is what they were doing. <laughs> That's exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and it comes from, uh, so there's a chap called Neil Strauss, who is an author. And his book that made it big is called The Game. And basically, he went as an undercover reporter he went into the pickup industry and wrote a book on it. And effectively, this book, sadly, has become the Bible of how to pick up women and what you must do. And on the interview, I was saying, listen, one of my friends was really into this industry. Oh, they, they're going to hear that. That's part of this yeah. episode. We. Because not only that, we also asked our partners when we were checking the tech, and fuck me, did we put the cat amongst the pigeons when we didn't explain what the documentary was. And that was an hour of, yeah, Matt said the wrong thing. <laughs> Basically, it was meant to be a five-minute sound check. So it was me, oh, my God. missus, Rick's lass, and Rick. And the thing is, I know what triggers our last. I know exactly the way that's going to go. And the minute you said that, I had to sit back in my chair and go, well, this is 45 minutes devoid <laughs> of fucking fun. Because there is a point about to be made. <laughs> the weird thing is, that one where they, they which is, tore into Which is me. rightly so, but they never saw the documentary. And Matt just described it wrong. Matt described yeah. the documentary as a, this is how you pick up women. And she's like, well, I think that's disgusting for this. Which is absolutely right, it, but that's not what, that's the, documentary not what the documentary was about. That's not what the about, yeah. And in the end, after basically, I was like a mouse, and them two were the cats, and they were no, I was like a baby seal, and they were like killer whales, and they were bouncing, bouncing me between them. And then in the end, Rick came in, and he went, uh, actually, Matt made a mistake that he missed out these five key words that are really important, and they both went, oh, okay then, and we didn't get any of that footage because that test got all screwed up, which is why we test in the first place. Which we don't need that at all. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> God bless them. And it was our last, your last great crack. But I was literally looking, going, if I message Matt to shut the fuck up, will it come up on their screens? <laughs> yes, yes, it would. <laughs> then it'll seem like there's a cabal between me and Matt about. Oh, they're talking. Uh, yeah, so this, without going too much far into, because we, I, I recommend you watch it. I'm giving. Well, what score do you give this one, Matt? <sighs> Oh, spoiler alert, it turns out some of the instructors were, uh, what's it, 
spiking women and then abusing them. It's horrible. It is kind of. It's just. Yeah, it's it, fucking brutal. Um, and just to, just to, before we get to the scores, I just want to tell you who Minnie is. So she's the lady on the interview. Um, so there's two blokes, Barnaby and Matthew. Barnaby's the one in. Yeah, Barnaby's the one in Italy, right? Yeah. And yeah, because it was Matthew. We had the problems between Matthew and Matthew. Um, and Minnie Lane is a dating and personal development coach. And effectively, she got involved um, with the industry. Just she was the person who blokes were testing, chatting to as a test. And then she went, this is all wrong. This is not how you form meaningful relationships. Um, and that's who she is. And I, I really, I, I was, I felt uncomfortable watching it. And the fact that they didn't represent my friend's side, who was really into it and is a nice bloke and isn't misogynistic in any way. Uh, I, I mentioned that on the uh, interview and <laughs> several times. But yeah. basically, times. I think what we'll do in future is we'll get Rick to do the questions and I'll, I'll just sit there and look pretty. <laughs> I think that's all we learned. <laughs> yeah, okay. So about the assault. In 1998, West Ham signed Paolo Di Canio. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd eaten some grips. <laughs> oh, mate. I, yeah, but they were bloody nice chaps. And, uh, yeah. It, it was really cool. For, it was for cool, nerds man. of documentaries, it was, cool. it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really... It puts. It's a bit like what we talked about with Andrew Jarecki, who still hasn't got back in touch with us. Yeah, what's up with that guy? Maybe he's going to do a jinx too, and he might give us a if, shout. If one of us disappears, he's just sitting along <laughs> next to one of us waiting to do a fucking fart. So to put the actual human practical experience of going on this, because Porges was a fucking super smart and charismatic guy, but like, I think it's different what these guys had to put themselves through to go into these places, yeah. to record them, to see the seminars. Yeah. Even just to be along fucking Justin Wayne or Nero or whatever 90s movies reference he gets while he talks about dominating pussy. So like, just even to go and fucking do that shit, um, it puts a different slant on the physical side, plus the the, the, the side of getting it financed, distributed. That's all that still in limbo when we spoke to them. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely fascinating. What I absolutely loved about the uh, about the interview was when you geeked out and you went, sorry, I have a really geeky question. How, how did you get the 911 tapes? How, how did you get this? <laughs> and, they go, and they go into all of that and all of Rick's yeah. geeky questions that he's been asking me for years. They all get answered. It was just, it was beautiful. It was like, oh, is that, oh, that's how it works. So it's set up punch. Ah, now it all makes sense. See, all all, all that from my memory has been scrubbed and is replaced with me sat in a van with my dog, watching people go into the vets with a dog and come back out with a lead cry and, yeah. and then my fucking panic doing that. Um, so the, the main point of this intro is, Ari's okay. Yes. And yeah, yeah. not enjoying having to be around the house. But right now, he's fine. I try to tell him that he's healthy. He's not He's not impressed by that information. He wants to go for a walk. Oh, is he not allowed out? No. The, honestly, I'll, I may even post some pictures um, along with this. But, um, yeah, he, he is... Like, if he sneezes wrong, his, his lungs might drop out. He has had serious surgery. Like, seven big lumps taken out of him that were deep tissue to sent off a biopsy. Bloody hell. Yeah, so, but the main thing is, he's all right, guys. 
Ricky is good. <laughs> Ricky, good. Okay. Ricky's in a good place again because this would have got fucking dark very quickly. No, that's good. That's put me in a good place as well. I've got one more thing to mention on this documentary. When when I was watching the documentary at the time, I was listening to a book from the uh, from eighteen seventy four called "Far from the Madding Crowd." Right, but how to get chicks? <laughs> <laughs> Women in corsets. Is it a yes or a no? Um, and it was written by Thomas Hardy. And I'm not going to spoil it because it is a fantastic book. I absolutely loved it. Tom Hardy has been great with chicks throughout the <laughs> yeah, ages. He was born great. Yeah. He was, um, but basically, the male character, the lead male character, sees a woman. He quite fancies her. He walks up to her and says, hello, I think we should get married. And she's like, well, I'm very flattered. May I consider it? How have we gone from that? And then he started nagging her. Yeah. <laughs> and how have we gone from that to men then going, I need a course on how to talk to women so I can get them into bed? It's in 130 years. It seems like, well, 150 years. We've devolved completely somehow. And I know it's women have got a lot more rights and all of that. That's, and I'm all for that. But men somehow seems to have lost the art of, hello, should we get married then? No, people, Where did that go people wrong? Have, people have found out a way to make money from it. Now, if you had these pickup artists back in like, you know, 1800s, 1700s, like, I don't know, my, my history is really bad, but the time of serfs and you got the guys of leprosy and they're going, this is how you lean against the wall <laughs> and their shoulders are falling <laughs> off. And be like, hey, look, and then show her the potato, and then she's yours. Just get her back into the flat. It's just fine, you know? And then you just always be closing. Always be closing. Right, like, just look through her if she says you had a boyfriend. Just look through her. She's not even a fucking person. Tell her her friend's hot, and then say what? Okay, it's fucking deplorable, the behavior of some of these fucking instructors. It really is. Um, it's, yeah. And, but listen, and it is a tale as old of time, right? We've constantly, how do we get the opposite sex into bed? Because most of us, some people are blessed and they know, but most of us haven't got a clue. And then they're preyed upon. It's, um, yeah, it was sad. Anyway, I'll give you my score. That was a long down uh, view of that. I'm going to give this a score of five. Not just because we met the directors and Minnie and all of that whole, I think we spoke for about two and a half hours. I found that all fascinating. But as I said in the interview, I think this should be, I think people should have to watch this in school about the age of 15 and 16 and go, this is not how you do it, lads. Especially, like, I'm yeah. not just, and women, this is what you need to look out for, right? Because a lot of men are just yeah. tricking you into bed. Um, and I, I don't know, it just, it as a bloke, it just made you feel shit, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, I haven't done anything wrong, but I feel dirty just because I've got a penis. That's how it felt. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Tom Hardy, our, our lass has voiced uh, a recent crush on Tom Hardy. So um, to try and be an enlightened boyfriend and, and cool with that, I am going to surprise her with a Venom mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going through my notes to see if I picked up anything. i got to be honest, since we've done this amount of time we're just gonna wrap it up and chuck it to the interview and hope for the best but this is a three-hour fucking episode God, it's gonna be massive isn't it and if you get a chance um uh the film we mentioned in it is magnolia which is paul thomas anderson it's a superb film that is groundbreaking and the tom cruise character in that plays a pickup artist um again which we briefly 
we briefly we briefly touch on. Right, what was your score, Rick? I'm giving it a solid four. Good documentary, oh, very sweet, good documentary. Um, unfortunately, there was what, 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 not until it, it's because if you don't have the thing, it doesn't have that jinx moment of the guy burping. No. It wasn't. Like the narrative, it's not a shock. Some of these people are now arrested on sexual offences at all. Yeah. Like you can imagine, I would put all these instructors on a list and just go through their internet history, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Like there is, there is a, 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 but it does have a good growth from the guy who started it to the finish. We're we'll getting that in the interview, um. But yeah, like I say, I, I, I do think it's important viewing just to show what behaviour looks like. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a great point. I, 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 because although never been a pickup bar, like never been in that fucking world, there is things that have filtered through, and guys think it's just part of yeah. the lexicon or part of the rhetoric to yeah. get women. And when you see it done like that, it shows it for its like tacky fakeness that it is. Yeah, and it, if that it's not a game. That's the thing, right? It's not a game. Um, I tell you what, Elf is worth what worth watching is. Black Mirror, there's a John Harmon episode with uh, Ralph, Spall, Ralph Spall, um, where he plays a pickup artist in it, jo- uh, John Harmon, as see, a teacher. you almost, it's almost had it's, me. I thought I thought you were going to see a Timothy Spall. It's like, Barry from after we'd have seen better no, pickup artist. I'm, leave, I'm leaving this. I don't care if it's not Barry. I'm not a Barry. Barry Taylor. <laughs> I'd fucking love to see Barry Taylor as a pickup artist. No, it's John Harmon. It's the pickup artist trainer. Uh, the Wolf Spall character is completely different. It's one of the... It's still in my head. It's still going around my head. I've seen it. Do you know what? I have seen it because uh, doesn't he die or get murdered on uh, camera when they're all watching yeah, it or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, all right. So check that out as well. That's well worth it. Um, right. So that's a healthy nine. Definitely watch it. Um, we don't know where it's going to be shown. Just you'll find it if you want to see it. And it is worth watching. So um, are we going to... And uh, when we find out, we will post a link. <laughs> like I say, in these... <laughs> the, these guys, uh, yeah, they're, they're cool as fuck. And I look forward to the next thing they're doing. We're going to we're gonna follow these through. Yeah. They make a decent documentary. And uh, yeah, very, very insightful. And uh, more than anything, just couldn't be more grateful that they uh, sought us out, mm. the, the, uh, the management team that found us, and uh, for doing it. Yeah, so... Um... I don't know if we said it on the uh, interview, but thanks very much if you uh, do listen to this. I think that's a good hour and a half of it when we run out of things to ask, when when I wasn't allowed to comment on Marcus Nero. <laughs> do you know what I realised when we done that interview, and the same with Seth Porges, the Class Action Park one, I've completely spoiled you. Because you're tuned into my funny bone, when you speak, I find you very funny, so you make me laugh. But when they don't laugh on the interview, you're like, what's going wrong here then? <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry. What you mean is my life every day. Yeah, that's yeah. that's <laughs> any any job I've ever had, any classroom I've ever been in, any fucking driver and instructor I've ever had, any fucking anything is. Why is he talking about this? It's because I don't feel comfortable unless you're laughing. Okay, yeah. that's that's the way I am. So uh, when they didn't laugh at some of your stuff, and I'm sitting there fucking pissing my pants, I'm like, that was very funny, guys. You're not you're not picking up on the man bun stuff. Also, and and I think this is true for our listeners because when we have a listener listen to a bunch of episodes they tend to stay with us it takes a while to get used to how i talk maybe yeah and i'm not very clear to understand which has held me back as a public speaker for around about 12 years (laughs) at some point i will learn how to enunciate but other than that you just kind of get used to it and fill in the blanks by the beginning and the end of the sentence 
So thank you to our listeners as well for sticking with us because I know it's not easy. He does mumble a lot. It's it's easier to listen to you this way than it is in real life. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because I've got subtitles turned on on Facebook Messenger. That's why it's a lot easier. <laughs> Just a Saudi takeover, hash, 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 exclamation mark, question mark. Right, but anyway, without further ado... This is our interview with the makers of the pickup game. Okay. Cheerio. Thank you very much. Cheerio. Bye-bye.